Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. doing Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 12th of April 2021 with me Daniel Ruiz Tyson episode 319 despite a pre-show swig of water the voice already going there that doesn't bode well hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going it's 1541 hours here in London some light snow this morning just adding to the strange feel about life right now. I remember, I think three, four years ago, we had snow in May. I think it might have been 2018. So it's not that this is unusual now, but it's unusual by the standards of maybe a decade ago. And I know that April, the weather can be very unsettled, but snow in April, I put the long johns away yesterday. I thought... I need to embrace spring. By the evening, the uh, long johns were back on. Went for a run this morning. The long johns, I can confirm, were back on for the run. And a disappointing run. I'd had two really good runs since I was last with you, where I pushed myself to complete second laps. And at least, I think, one of those runs went really well. I felt really good. I think this morning, what was going against me the way I'm feeling right now, if it's really cold, you know, right away, there's an excuse there for me. But certainly, as I keep saying over the last few weeks, in terms of the recovery from the virus, it's the legs. It's just really weird. There's nothing in the legs. And today, I just didn't fancy it. It would have taken the kind of effort that I had in me last week on two occasions to push through and complete a second lap. I didn't have that today. I wasn't even running late. I'd got out to uh, I'd got out for the lunchtime run by about 1300 hours. That was roughly the time I was planning to run at. So it wasn't that I was running late and had a pile of things to do. I do have a pile of things to do. I'm just not getting them done today, but got out there very quickly realized that yeah, I think I'm just going to knock it on the head. I'm trying to continue. I'm going to, you know, I'm trying to continue running on the grass, which is what I'm meant to do to protect my old injury. But now the grass at this time of year is starting to get bone hard. And uh, so I hit the path, but there are too many people on the path. So sometimes I'm on the, you know, sometimes I'm on the trails, sometimes I'm on the grass, sometimes I'm on the path. There's no consistency. And, you know, what, today had in common is that regardless of what surface I was running on, I wasn't enjoying it. The guys who were always there up until the autumn playing frisbee on part of my route, they're back. They tend to play the frisbee thing in the evening. Uh, My local park isn't as filthy as uh, Clapham Common. So um, I don't think I can criticize them too much for that. But if you're, you know, if you're one of these uh, users of Clapham Common and you're playing Frisbee on Clapham Common, what are you thinking about? 
do you know where that frisbee is landing? Maybe you're that good at throwing the frisbee, you and your frisbee throwing pals, that that frisbee is never going to land on the grass. And the fact that it may land on the grass in such a filthy green space, maybe that adds a, a frisson of excitement to the game. Maybe, maybe that's what entices you guys to play on Clapham Common. So uh, got the run out of the way today. Not a great run. I'm sure it will pick up on Wednesday and Friday and, you know, six, seven weeks on from recovering from this thing or maybe not recovering from this thing. I'm at least trying to look at the positives here. I'm still getting out there and, uh, you know, I should be grateful that at least I'm doing something. It's just um, after you know, building up to a certain level, certainly up until Christmas to, you know, be slipping back and in all fairness, slipping back before the pandemic and, um, sorry, slipping back before the virus. I can't really use the virus as a, as an excuse, but I certainly think post-virus something has, uh, changed, but that is pretty much the only area of my life, I think, where I'm struggling post-virus. So at least in my everyday life, I'm, I'm doing no, Okay, I went to see my aunt and uncle on Friday. Yeah, I, I had seen my uncle. I was going to say I hadn't seen my uncle in a while, but I've, I've just realised I had seen him the week before. He's not been having a great time lately, and I, I turned up, and he was looking okay, and he was reading in um, reading my aunt's uh, women's magazines, you know, Ola Samana. I mean, that's the thing I never understood about this country in the sense that growing up here we didn't have this celebrity culture really we weren't obsessed with gossip and well I say we I'm not interested but there's no denying how big Hello magazine has become here in the last 25-26 years but it's a Spanish magazine I grew up with those magazines uh, back at Mayflower my mum used to read them my aunt used to read them someone used to get them and they'd be shared out among all the Spanish women when I was growing up and eventually they come, uh, they come to Mayflower and they were always around the house. There was a pile of them under this uh, green marble table that we had. And, uh, you know, late in life, my uncle, I've never seen him reading these until the last couple of years. And now that's his thing. He'll have the radio on and he'll be flicking through the magazines. And he was Flicking through the magazines, looking relaxed as I turned up and straight away my aunt was on his case telling him not to read when there were guests there. <laughs> said it's bad manners. Michael said it's it's my nephew. What does it matter? Said it's bad manners. She took the magazines off him. And uh, it didn't bother me. The guy wanted to read. Let him read. Let him catch up on all the gossip. And uh, the radio had to be turned off as well. And my aunt, I think she was peeling some potatoes at the table we were having our coffees and she didn't really stay still there was always something to be doing my uncle uh, kept going up to the uh, glass balcony doors and banging on them because I think there was a crow the same crow kept landing on the balcony my uncle says that crow is always there and I had to read some uh, letters just to see if I, if I couldn't understand the letters, what was going on, then I just forward them on to my cousins. And it means I have to take my reading glasses. I just, without the glasses, glasses again, Dave, it is. Without the glasses, I can't read anything now. So I just transfer my reading glasses into a specs case that is exclusively for traveling. 
you know, it gets cleaned. That case gets cleaned when I get back into the flat, but it doesn't go anywhere near the desk. It just stays in a particular place with other stuff that often leaves the flat in this uh, COVID era. I take no chances. So I was reading this letter from the hospital and it appears that something has got lost in translation because according to the hospital, my aunt has dementia now and she doesn't have dementia, though if she had dementia, I don't think any of us would be surprised. But her symptoms wouldn't have changed from what they were like when I was a kid because she's always got our names wrong. You know, I'm often correcting her. She'll be talking to me about one of my cousins and I realize that she actually means the other cousin. And I'll point out, you know, I'll correct her on the name. She'll call me by the wrong name. She'll call me my cousin's name. She'll talk to me um, about my dad. Your dad called and then she realizes, well, no, your dad hasn't called. Your dad's been gone a long time. Your dad hasn't called. Your uncle, your uncle called. She's just always been very scatty. So if she did have dementia, the symptoms haven't changed. They've been there from the beginning. But I think what's happened here is my uncle has been, he's been asked a series of questions either by the doctors or probably the nurses. They've got a picture in their head of what might be going on when he's back home, what kind of support him and my aunt might need. And they've maybe gone with a certain angle. Maybe he's given them reason to to think my aunt is uh, unwell to the extent that she has dementia. And they've sought to confirm that with my uncle. And because, you know, even after 55 years, that might confuse him. 55 years in London, he's probably just gone along with, ah, yeah, yeah. So he said yeah to everything. And all of a sudden, we've had this letter that says, uh, you know, it lists what's going on with my uncle, what kind of help he might need, and the help that he might need. A lot of that is down to apparently my aunt having dementia. Obviously, my aunt isn't too impressed. I think we will need to clear that up with the doctor. They need um, they'll need to transfer to the doctor that I've been seeing now for the last five six years. Now that our old uh, doctor has retired, as of. Uh, well, earlier this month or the end of last month, he's gone now. So it just goes to show what a muddle the uh, Costanzas of Stockwell can get themselves into because of their uh, failure to get to grips with the English language after uh, 55, 56 years here in this uh, in this country. I had a situation last week. I mean, right now, I keep saying it, I'm just not motivated at all today. I've tried to do a number of things and failed to do pretty much all of them. I think actually I I, I managed to do one of them, which was preparing for, I've got a couple of interviews for the football show this week. Had a really good interview on Friday, by the way. I think possibly my most enjoyable one to date. Quite a straightforward one, but um, I really enjoyed the guest. And it was also a decent length, so it's not going to be very hard to edit and at the moment I'm really setting myself a punishing schedule to try and get that show back to where I envisaged it being last Christmas and you know for a variety of reasons as I keep saying every week and I am mindful that pretty much every week I'm often talking about the same thing and that's not the intention it's only after I do the latest show I realize well I think I spoke about that last week so you'll have to excuse the repetition but Right now, I think I'm just chasing my tail. Every day feels pretty much the same. 
So one interview last week lasted two hours. It went on for so long that I had four police sirens during those two hours. And uh, I tried to pause the guy at one point, but he couldn't hear me for some reason. So uh, the police sirens are not going to be easy to edit out. And now I can't even remember what I was talking about. Well, I finished anyway. I finished one interview, prepping one interview for Wednesday. Got another one to prep after this. I've got some stuff to send off. I still haven't listed uh, books that I'm trying to sell on eBay. I haven't got around to that. So I'm trying to sort out tech stuff, trying to get the sound right and stuff. Last week, I mentioned I was using CleanFeed to re- record the show, and indeed I was, except I didn't actually uh, set it to record. I thought I had, but I barely used it, so I didn't actually set it to record. I have set it to record today, so depending on the quality of that, you might be hearing... Uh, this show sounding differently today, hopefully. And I really can't remember what I was saying. Anyway, lots of stuff going on. Mailboxes were replaced last week. We've had a thing here in this flat where I've been now for a number of years. It's one of those setups where, you know, a number of flats in the building, there's no space inside the communal hallway to build, uh, sorry, to put up uh, mailboxes inside the building and that would also mean that uh, the postman either has to be buzzed in every day which tends to happen anyway or they have to be given a key to the building which obviously security wise is not a great idea so the mailboxes were sealed up a couple of years ago by myself because there'd been thefts and you know a number of residents had had credit cards opened in their name including a teenage girl who used to live in the building so uh with another neighbor i'd got an agreement that we, we would uh so tired. There we go. Bit of slow. I got an agreement with the neighbours that we would seal up the mailboxes, and I did that. And ever since then, and this is late 2018, the postman has just either been buzzed in and put all the letters in the communal hallway, and we sorted out ourselves, or he sticks them in the communal letterbox which is on the inside of the front door i've never known until last week where the key was for that so i've always had to rely on other people opening that and you know i tend to go downstairs in the afternoon to see if there's any mail in that respect it reminds me of growing up in mayflower where uh, there was a communal letterbox and you know i'd go downstairs at some point or when i heard the postman this time there are more people in the building so i tried to listen out in the communal hallway for any activity before going downstairs because i don't want to be making any small talk particularly in the covid era really not up for that mask to mask uh, small talk the issue with the old mailboxes you might have the same uh, the same thing if you're based in a, a city if you're living in a building full of flats it's uh, you've got a mailbox, you've got a key for your mailbox. In fact, the old one, we didn't have a key. So this one is a new addition. You have a key. But the fact is that it's got the flap at the top. So the letters are pushed in there. These mailboxes are smaller. So if there's any A4 letters coming, they're not going to fit in that mailbox. And also, right away, I tested my mailbox and I thought I can still get my hand through the flap of my mailbox. This I'm not happy with this. This is no improvement on what we had before. So right away, I was actually heading out for a run, I think, at that time. Was I heading out for a run, either a run or going to the shops? I can't remember which. But I remember that I was so enraged by this because it was just another example of how 
awful the housing association that managed this building are. I thought I'll send an email to all the neighbours just to see what their thinking is. I think most of them are fine with it. The one, well, two two uh, residents got back to me on the same day. The first one, who is the kind of spiritual leader of the building, and a uh, nice lady, but she did uh, make reference to, well, first of all, she said that, uh, you know, I'm sorry that you don't think the mailbox is uh, very good, blah, blah, blah. I'm prepared to take a risk with mine. Maybe you have a very slim hand. She was referring to the fact that I'd said I'd been able to stick my hand in my mailbox. And I I got the impression that there was some relish on her part when she typed up that sentence, uh, that line about a slim hand knowing full well that it was going out to everyone in the building and you know now I'm thinking is everyone going to be looking at my hands next time they see me because as things stand my my mailbox is the only one that has been sealed up and of course you know I'm aware that the chances are I'm being viewed as very awkward and I fired off an email as well to the housing association people saying, uh, you know, this is not a real improvement on the pre-existing mailbox and I don't feel that my mail would be safe in that mailbox. Therefore, I have sealed mine up and they're just going to think this guy is very, very difficult. But anyway, um, when I got that email that evening, I started to look at my hands from different angles I was almost questioning my masculinity that night, I think, because I think there was some intent there on the neighbor's part about uh, slim hands. I just think she enjoyed that a little too much. And, you know, she's in her 70s and for her, maybe she's old school and she might think that a man ought to have huge fat hands that even if they lived for a thousand years, they'd never be able to squeeze their hand inside a mailbox. And yet here was I. Uh, a cliched struggling writer with my slim hands refusing to use these new mailboxes and aesthetically I've destroyed the visage of the new mailboxes by uh, taping mine up and uh, putting a, a big note on there with uh, the faded print of my uh, from my printer you know that that uh, printer cartridge will need to be replaced soon so it's not a good look for a new mailbox it doesn't really add anything to the exterior of the building and at the moment so I've had to find out where the key is kept for the communal mailbox and I'm using that there's only two key cutters I know one is an absolute nutter in Brixton who argues with everyone I'm not going there and the old key cutter that I used to use in Stockwell has now made way for a kitchen showroom of course uh far more useful to a uh, a local community than a, a key cutting service that's the gentrification type thinking and there's the police siren at least i can pad this show out with the police siren time stamp 1600 hours there for the uh for the siren i wouldn't mind the sirens if i could see the police occasionally on the street but i don't actually see them i just hear them and also probably the same with you you don't hear planes during the days. I'm sure that'll change soon. I hope not, but I'm sure it will because, of course, people need to have their holidays because it's all about their own enjoyment. What I am hearing after midnight is single-engine planes. I've heard them the last three nights. I wonder what that's all about. 
unless there's uh, an extreme form of tinnitus that I'm having now. So I've got nowhere to cut a key. So at the moment, I'm just using the key that's kept inside a cupboard that's for the communal mailbox. I don't really want to be rummaging in there all the time. I'd rather cut my own copy, and I'm looking to do that. I just need to keep an eye out for uh, a new key cut in place for myself. And uh, again, lost my uh, lost my thread. Can't remember where that was going. Um, that's it. That's where this was going. What I think is happening now is every time I've gone out there and looked at the mailboxes, I haven't seen a single letter in the other residents' mailboxes. And I think the postman, because it's more work for him to just divide the letters and put them in the right mailboxes, I think he's sticking to the the usual stick everything in the communal letterbox uh, process, which he's been following for the last couple of years or last two and a half years now. I don't think he's inclined to start, you know, sticking stuff in for flat A, B, C, D, etc., etc. And I think it's only a matter of time before residents realise that the letters are still going into the communal mailbox and they're going to maybe apply some pressure on me, lean on me to give the new mailboxes a try so they can get their letters inside uh, their own postboxes. I personally, I'm going to stick at this for as long as I can because I don't think the mail is uh, safe. There are other things that I've been struggling with the last week, uh, Zoom issues, some really, you know, just annoying Zoom issues. I've now had to there was one guest who asked um, for an appointment to be delivered via um, a calendar. And I never use online calendars. I'm all about trying to do as much as I can away from the screen. It's enough to be using Zoom. It's not, I keep saying every week, it's not great for this kind of work. But, uh, you know, it's certainly useful. It has its uses. But I've sent you the invite. I've sent you the passcode. Can we not leave it there? You're telling me now that you want it sent to you via calendar. So I had to set up this uh Google, uh, Google, uh, tired. Google Calendar, which I've never used before, and what it's doing now, it appears to be duplicating invites. So the interview that I've got on Wednesday, I've got two, but the one where I've had to send out the invite via the calendar, I'm wondering whether that's going to work out. That you know, that might be causing some problems because I've been testing this out with my friend Clay and it appears that when I do send the invite via Google Calendar that when they access that Google Calendar they come in to Zoom and according to Zoom I'm in another meeting when in fact I've clicked on the meeting link to meet them. I don't know. It's all very confusing. The sooner this pandemic ends, the sooner we can get away from Zoom, the better. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available episode 319. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all the work at danielruiztyson.com. There are PayPal and coffee.com links with each podcast on that uh, site. And that allows you to support this work if you don't want to support it via the Patreon page by making a one-off donation uh, that week. You can get the latest bonus episode, bonus episode even. Uh, we transfer to you that 
same day. Most importantly, of course, the best way to support this work is via the show's Patreon page. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available and support this long running indie show. I do appreciate the ongoing support uh, from you patrons who are sticking with it. More pandemic dreams this week. And I think the first one certainly just rammed home how lonely I feel. And it's not a loneliness necessarily born out of being single. I'm not saying it's not that, but I'm not saying it's that either. I'm just saying it's it's loneliness. Loneliness can encompass many different things. You know, it's not necessarily about finding yourself on your own. I know, you know, a number of people who are on their own who still live very good lives. In fact, you know, the space daddy's probably the happiest guy I know. He's never been in a in a relationship and he's probably got the, a better life than anyone I know, albeit, you know, carrying a, a 20 stones 20 stones worth of bulk so I don't think it's that but I think it's certainly something that's playing on my mind it's the things the plans I had where I was starting to think long term in terms of how I could support my creative work and there was a structure in place and it involved going back to things like night school and that would have meant meeting new people with similar interests and you know maybe building up uh, well just picking up more friends at the very least, you know, friends with similar interests to take me through the final stages of this life. And it's going to be a long time before anyone's going back to night school. I was thinking, will it be possible by the end of this year? Really? Do you think it will? I hope so. But will it? Because if it is, I'll certainly do it because there are one or two courses I'd like to do that feed into my podcast work. I'm just not sure that that is going to happen. But anyway, the first pandemic dream, I was on a course and the course was near the old cafe. I was on Wilcox Close and SW8. And I think that there's a pub or there was a pub called The Knots on Wilcox Close. I think it was called The Knots. And that closed down and it's now one of those study centers for kids, or at least it was before the pandemic. And so my dream course was taking place in there and I was enjoying myself and I was making a few friends on the course and I woke up from that and I can't tell you, it was like being a kid. I don't know if this is just specific to me or if you can remember being a kid and having dreams that left you with a real warm feeling inside for the rest of the day and you 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 prayed that that night if you had another dream that it would be a seamless continuation of the dream the night before such was the beauty of that first dream and that's how this felt it was the nicest dream i'd had in a while but it left me with a real feeling of of longing you know there was something in that dream that i do not have in my real life uh, you know and it was company It was company and it just felt really good. But I woke up and I was thinking, God, I miss that. I miss I miss that level of contact. And obviously I I am a guy who, you know, pandemic or no pandemic the last few years, certainly the last decade. I've, you know, I've, I've stepped back from whatever friendships I had from from most of them and embarked on this whatever it is whatever it is, which was the same journey 
Let's use the word journey. Let's pretend this is a reality show. Use the, you know, on the same journey that my dad was on. I think with my dad, he could handle it because, of course, he was at night school for 18 consecutive years until they threw him out. So he had that as his fallback. I don't have that as my fallback. And within the dream, the the classroom, the the desks in the classroom were spaced out. So I think the pandemic had fed into that dream as well. And there was this feeling that all of us in that class were all in the same boat. We were all a bit nervy. We were all aware that this was a big step for all of us to take, to be indoors with strangers. We're just coming through this pandemic. We're all a bit anxious about it. But at the same time, it's nice to be there. And it was nice to be in a position where you're going to be meeting new people. I don't know what I was studying. I just know that it was a really nice dream and this would have been, I think this was Friday, was it Friday? Yeah, it was Friday night and honestly on Saturday I was like a kid. I was thinking that was such a nice dream but at the same time I felt empty the rest of the day because I know that what I had in in the dream, apart from the fact it was just a dream, you know, I don't have that in my real life. The following night, I had another dream, again, another pandemic dream. And this was a really strange one. And I think part of it was related to missing the cafe. And I was outside on the corner of my old street, Mayflower. And even though I lived there for 28 years, apart from the name of the road that was a turn off halfway through Mayflower on the side of my, my house where I lived, it was on it was on that side the other side there were no turnoffs it was just you know just straight uh, 24 houses no break in between unlike the other side of the street and that's the only road i remember and that's partly because i had two friends there and also because it's the dirtiest road i've ever known atherfold road the other road that i'm talking about i think i know its name but i'd have to check on the map to be sure which you know is is a it's just odd, given that I lived there for 28 years and that I played so much street football as a kid on this particular road. But it was a relatively warm day and I was on this road. I was, I assume, in a cafe, but there was no table. I was sat outside with a friend. She was opposite me, but we were sat either side of an old-fashioned yellow car and our glass cups glass cups. I, I pulled someone up on Twitter a couple of weeks ago for saying glass cups of coffee. A glass of coffee, that suffices. I've now broken my own rule. I'll admonish myself here on air. We were having glasses of coffee. The glasses were resting on the bonnet of this yellow vehicle. We were outdoors. We were talking. And then I saw my mum appear just outside our house because our house was the last one on the street number 48 Mayflower and she was peering over and I was looking at her and I was with my friend having coffee and you think this is a strange dream what's this dream telling me does a dream have to tell you anything it is weird isn't it how we live our lives and we accumulate so many memories that get jumbled up inside us and I don't know about you something I'm finding now at this stage of my life is that I'm having flashbacks brief flashbacks 
to things I haven't maybe thought about for 30 years, haven't recalled for 30 years. And I'll say, oh, I remember, I remember that. I haven't thought about that for a long time. Why am I thinking about it now? With your dreams, all the people that you meet, all the experiences that you have, they are almost just jumbled up in there. And it's like every night, if you dream every night, and I don't, I certainly dream when I have the cat naps. Those are my most vivid dreams nowadays. But if you do dream at night, you know, what is happening there is your your brain is churning up all these memories and all these characters that have featured in your life or people you might have just passed on the street and somehow, somehow, in some way, that moment has been captured by your brain and the face of that person has been committed to memory and it's almost you've got your own tv channel and there's no there's no sense often there's no sense to the dreams there are people in your dreams who belong to different parts of your life and they're all chucked into the same dream and very little makes sense and it's you know what was my mum doing well that bit made sense, I suppose, because my dream had uh, relocated me to my old childhood neighborhood, but it had relocated me with a friend that I didn't meet until 10 years after my mum's passing. And I was having, uh, you know, a glass of coffee with my friend in the style of the cafe, those glasses of coffee, and that cafe hadn't come into my life until 18 months after my mum passed away, almost to the day. So it's taken two parts of my life that were very separate, 10 years apart, and it's thrown them in together. And it was almost as if my mum couldn't cross over to speak to me because there was this dividing line within the dream and that she knew she belonged to an earlier part of my life and that within that dream, I was living my current life. Does that make sense? I think it kind of does. It's not really going anywhere. It's another anecdote that's tailed off. But, you know, I'm just telling you, it's another dream. And it's another dream that involved being out and being with people, which is something that I'm just not doing, really. I mean, apart from my aunt and uncle, you know, it's been a, a blessing to rebubble. I really needed to rebubble. And I have such a good time when I'm there. You know, they're uh, extraordinary. They're funny. They're great company. But, you know, maybe I could be having some of that within my own generation. You know, there's an element of tragedy about that. Read a, a book yesterday from start to finish, Blood Rights by David Stuart Davis, who's one of my favorite Sherlock Holmes pastiche authors. He's written some really dark Sherlock Holmes books. This one was actually a Detective Inspector Paul Snow. It's a series of three books. And once again, I've gone in ways and read the uh, the third book first. And I'm keen to read the first two books. Uh, it's called Blood Rights, which I think is, you know, it's not a great title. And there are a number of books called Blood Rights anyway in, in crime fiction. And also the cover wasn't very good. It's set in 1985. And there are a number of errors that infuriated me. Not with the story. The story is really, I think it's a really good book. As I say, I read it in a, not in a single sitting, but I read it in a single day. But being a pedant and being a stickler for grammar, the typos in this book, uh, you know, by a reputable publishing company, 
just left me fuming. I thought I could get some work out of this, but whenever I contact publishers nowadays, never used to be the case. I would actually get work out of this in the noughties. Whenever I contact publishers nowadays, they don't want to know. No one really wants to know that your work is full of errors. But there was one character who must have been called Maureen originally, who had her name changed to Mandy, but she appears as both Mandy and Maureen. Now, the book is set in December 1985. One of the characters is a, well, one of the fleeting characters. There are characters who are just putting in brief appearances before they get topped off. One of them is a 15-year-old and she's got posters of new kids on the block in her bedroom. And this is set in Yorkshire. Uh, first of all, I don't think new kids on the block were around in 85. And if they were, and I don't think they were, they would only have been big in the States. They weren't actually big or well-known here in the UK until early 90. I'm pretty confident on that. So that, I think, from the author's point of view, that, it, that that's a failing on, on, on the author's side. And someone really should have picked up on that. But after that, the typos just in and around that were relentless. And I was thinking, you know, I think this is a big problem with books nowadays. And I, th I think it's simply because publishers have less resources than they used to. I'm assuming that editorial teams are now stretched. And this book is about four years old. Certainly in the last 10 years, I've noticed that there are books from reputable publishers that are just strewn with errors, but it's it's infuriating and it's unprofessional and it should be picked up. This book, though, I think is probably the worst that I've encountered. Having said that, it was a good book and the writer is a is a very good writer. He's one of my favorite writers, but uh, that you know those errors, not a single one of those errors should have made it into the printed edition. I don't have another book selected yet. I've picked up more library books over the last few days. I've got more to pick up tomorrow. I'm quite excited tonight about what I might choose to read. And also my aunt gave me a stack of latex gloves last week because I'm down to my last pair and it's the good latex gloves, the blue ones, the hospital ones. So uh, I'm pleased about that. But um, it was nice to be able to read something a bit lighter after uh, the Anthony Trollope book. And I can't remember. Oh, I can see it. I think it was Kitty Peck that I was reading last week. Was it Kitty Peck and the Daughters of Sorrow? Yes, I finished that on Saturday and that was good. I, I enjoyed that. Um, and I enjoyed Blood Rites too. So I'm excited at, um, well, I have no idea what I'm going to choose to read this evening but I, I'm you know I'm looking forward to it I've also now once I do this I've got to type up some questions there's a an interview I've been chasing for about six months still can't get it over the line it's one of my shorter interviews it should be possible to do I'm going to chase the press officer up uh, tonight hopefully going to type up my questions once I get this show out and uh, hopefully see what's going on and see if I can also talk into the mic. Let me give you some breakfast news. Uh, the weekend saw uh, Toast put in its first uh, weekend appearances of the last uh, three weeks. Uh, those slots have been taken up by Crackers and just checking my Twitter for the stats. Where is it? Um, 
Okay, that's... Yes, there it is. 38 appearances now for Toast. Today was the 38th appearance in 46 days now. That is quite uh, an impressive stat. I was just looking at... Yeah, I tweeted a thing last night. It's 40 years now since the uh, Brixton riots or uprising delete as a, a as applicable i do remember that vividly i think if you were living in the area at the time it's something that you um never forget and who would have thought that brixton would now be the new clapham in terms of uh gentrification kind of disappointing really it's an area that needed to improve but just saddens me at uh, what it's now become but uh, i suppose anything's better than riots but there was uh, you know a justifiable reason really for those riots um that piece is on the guardian side if you want to read it it is uh it's worth reading let me bring you my nectar update for this week so last week's closing balance was 202 um bought some yogurts some long life milk some more decaf coffee Halls, sugar-free, soothers. I, I think I've got a bit of a problem with these. I'm, I'm quite addicted to these. I'm sucking them at night in bed. You know, maybe just one. And I'm trying to justify it. Even though I don't feel unwell, I'm justifying it by saying, well, it does clear my nasal passages. I'm not sure it does. I just think I'm maybe trying to find some justification for having cough sweets when I don't actually have a cough. I bought a single orange. I just like to keep my oranges topped up. Single orange for 30p. Bought some kitchen foil, you know, cling film. I have so many problems with cling film. Uh, the thing is, using foil and wrapping things up in the fridge with foil, it just makes for a noisier, uh, just a noisier kitchen, really can't open the fridge now without all this foil related audio bought some lemon juice uh, i think i mentioned the yogurt my actually i was in there again later on i think i did two trips to sainsbury's i went into a smaller sainsbury's as i neared my aunt's just to pick up four pints of milk so i wasn't carrying that all the way so all in all, oh, my maths is so bad. Ten thirty-five on the first purchase, and one fifteen on the milk in the other Sainsbury's, and you can work the cost of that out. The nectar points that I accrued on the bigger expenditure it was ten nectar points. Took me up to two twelve, and then I picked up an extra next. Uh, an extra nectar point even for the four pints of milk as I neared my arts. My new points balance is 213. Uh, those points are worth one pound and six pence. Uh, let me give you this week's Star Wars football news. It is the League Cup final tonight between Hoth and Alderaan. It's been a week full of drama in Star Wars football. Last week, after last week's show, the evening game in League Week 11 was Besbin versus Alderaan. Besbin won 1-0. A known goal by uh, Alderaan defender Nikto uh, towards the end of the first half gave Besbin all three points in their first league win, I think, since November. And this next game, this is probably the most extraordinary result of the entire season. Rebels, the four times league champions, Neil Hoth, who've yet to win a trophy in the Silver Age but contest the League Cup final tonight against Alderaan. They're also in the FA Cup semi finals where they play um, second division, Ordell something. I can't remember their name. 
it's a they've got two names. The first one is Ordell, or the second one is Ordell. I should have checked that. Um, and they're also in the Europa League semi-finals, although they're um, they're up against it in the away leg against Naboo. The first leg had ended one-one uh, at half. Anyway, League Week Eleven: Rebels nil, Hoth four. Extraordinary Hoth top the uh, division for the first time in the Silver Age. Uh, they're now on 18 points, and the general feeling was that they wouldn't be top by the time the round of uh, latest league fixtures finished, but there were some real developments, which I bring to you now. Death Star, who've led the table for most of the season, who have a reputation for being chokers, they are now choking. Uh, they lost at home to X-Wing 3-2. X-Wing have won, I think, well, actually, they've accrued 13 points from their last 18 available and uh, from a team that were just uh, just had a point and were bottom of the table on Christmas Day. They've done a real good job of turning things around and they are now in with uh, an outside chance of qualifying for the Champions League. Again, a terrific win for X-Wing. And uh, last night's clash, Empire and Tatooine, the two winners of the... Uh, you were uh, sorry, Champions League. What's this UEFA business? This is a separate league. This is nothing to do with UEFA. This is Star Wars football. Tatooine have, you know, if, if Tatooine have a, a bogey team, it's Empire. Empire did the double over them last season in the league. They are the only team going into tonight's game, going into last night's game, rather, who'd uh, beaten Tatooine in the league, winning at Sandy Lane. Empire were at home last night. Tatooine missed an early penalty. Empire nil nil at the break. Uh, in the uh, just making lots of sounds here. Just trying to get to the end of this show. Early on in the second half, Empire got a penalty. Upstep their captain Bezbin Solo put it in. Four minutes later, another penalty. Upstep their captain Bezbin Solo slotted the penalty as well. And then was there a known goal? Trying to see. I think there was an own goal. Oh, this is awful. Where's the own goal here? I can't see now who got that own goal. There was an own goal. What is going on? Okay, yep. Tebow. Tebow came in and there was an own goal from him right at the end. An unlucky deflection and I haven't actually noted it down here. Oh, that was right at the end. I think it was around 28 minutes 30. That's coming to me now. So all of which meant that there's been a dramatic shift in the table. All eight sides have played 11 games now. Hoth topped the table. 18 points. Goal difference of plus seven. Empire second. 11 uh, games played. 17 points. They've revived their title dreams. Their goal difference is plus eight. Tatooine. They're third on 17 points. So it's not over for them. The problem is they've not scored that many goals in the league this season they've only scored 12 they've conceded 11 now so their goal difference has been shattered so it's going to be very difficult for them to try and win the league on goal difference they really need to win as many games now between well between now and the end of the season and there are only three league games left for everyone death star fall to fourth place they they're still on 15 points goal difference plus three bespin join them 
But uh, they're on 15 points, but they've got a goal difference of plus two. X-Wing coming up fast outside that top four. They're in sixth place, 14 points, although their goal difference is minus six. So it's going to take quite a turnaround. Hard to see a team with a minus goal difference qualifying for the Champions League. And Aldrana down in seventh, 11 points, minus three. Rebels way down in bottom place, eight points, minus 11. And I'll bring you news of the uh, League Cup final, of course, next week. I'd drop the Star Wars football if I was able to go to the cafe. But, you know, these are pandemic era shows. And that is it. That is the end of today's show. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy this show and if you have yet to do so, do please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It will be a massive help. Spotify also becoming very important now to podcasts. Apparently, it's actually almost bigger now than Apple Podcasts. So if it is possible to leave a review on Spotify, please do. Those reviews are the only way for the audience for this show to grow. You can also follow my writing at danielruizteisen.substack.com. Get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and this week I have been available. 